welcome to the Tao of Our Understanding Recovery Podcast. In this podcast, we discuss mystical works of literature and how they relate to recovery. We hope you enjoy today's podcast episode. Hello, this is Buddy C. Welcome to the Tao of Our Understanding Recovery Podcast. Today we have Amy and Heidi and Sarah and Craig and Derek and Lou. Good to have everyone today. Our announcements for today, ZoomAAMeetings.com is our regular 9 p.m. Eastern open online meeting of AA. We have a, a breakout on Fridays for newcomers. Amy does the breakout. She still chairs on Sunday. That may be changing soon, I think. I chair the main meeting on Friday. So join us any night of the week at 9 p.m. Eastern. We have a speaker meeting on Saturday. Uh, BuddyC.org has a lot of resources, a lot of recovery resources. There's also a daily Dow devotion you can sign up for there that's free. And the reason I'm doing that is it's pushing me to take all of these quotes and make a daily devotion out of them. And I haven't got any of these to the editor yet. So you're going to see run on sentences and all kinds of things. It's just pushing me to stay ahead of y'all. And I got down to two days this week that it was ahead of me. So I said, okay, let me get busy. And I'm just going to continue that. And I think we're going to put that into a daily book that we'll publish once it's all done and the editor gets it and does her thing. I've been thinking about the Wentza. If you're new to the podcast, we just started going through a Dow book and it's called the Wentza, W-E-N-T-Z-U. And it really complements the Tao Te Ching and gives, I think, a lot of practicality to what we read in the Tao Te Ching. And every one of these verses, all 181, have influence from the Tao Te Ching. So I always think of several different verses that match what we're reading. As you're reading the Winsa, why don't we, for every week, like last week when we started the first one, we talked about the first verse of the Tao Te Ching a little bit with it, just because it was similar. But as you're reading this, if you have a favorite verse of the Tao Te Ching that seems to go along with the reading for this week, just make a note of it and we'll discuss it in the meeting. Like today, I would like to talk about the 48th verse of the Tao Te Ching along with the second verse of the Winsa. So I think they, for me, they seem to match fairly well. And there were multiple verses that I thought would work for that. If you have one, jot it down, and then we'll talk about it when we come. So that way, we'll talk about a verse of the Winsa every week, along with a, at least one verse of the Tao Te Ching, except on the first Thursday of the month when uh, Sensei comes, and we'll just talk about the next verse of the Tao Te Ching that, uh, since he was last here. So, so we're on the second verse of the Winsa. Um, Amy, can you read that for us, please? Just read the whole thing, if you don't mind. Sure. Do we want to see what Craig wants? Because he's got his hand up first. Oh, he's got his hand up. Okay, let's hold on. Let's get this hand. Craig, <laughs> what do you need, sir? I'm sorry. <laughs> I've got my hand up because I'm being polite. Please pick me, sir. Please pick. Um, just with the, the Facebook page, and I want to let Amy know about this as well. Um, with a listener, Drew who says, a quick note of gratitude to Buddy Craig Marla, Amy, 
and everyone else who contributes their time and their thoughts to the podcast. So, Drew, we really appreciate you listening. So, and thanks for joining the group as well. We'd love to see you in the meeting at some point if you can. And that goes for everybody else. Awesome. So, thank you. Thank you, Craig. Thank you, sir. Okay. So, this is the second verse. Did we decide that's what we're calling them? Chapter? Okay. Lao Tzu said, great people are peaceful and have no longings. They are calm and have no worries. They make the sky their canopy and the earth their car. They make the four seasons their horses and make dark and light their drivers. They travel where there is no road, roam where there is no weariness, depart through no gate. With the sky as their canopy, nothing is not covered. With the earth as their car, Nothing is not born. With the four seasons as their horses, nothing is not employed. With dark and light as their drivers, nothing is not included. Therefore, they are swift without wavering, travel far without tiring. With their bodies unperturbed, their intellects and undiminished are undiminished, and they see the whole world clearly. This is holding to the essence of the way and observing the boundless earth. Therefore, the affairs of the world are not to be contrived, but promoted according to their own nature. Nothing can be done to help the changes of myriad beings, but to grasp the essential and return to it. Therefore, sages cultivate the basis within and do not adorn themselves outwardly with superficialities. They activate their vital spirit and lay to rest their learned opinions. Therefore, they are open and uncontrived, yet there is nothing they do not do. They have no rule, yet there is no unruliness. To be uncontrived means not acting before others. To have no rule means not to change nature. That there is no unruliness means that they go by the mutual affirmation of beings. Thank you, ma'am. I'm going to read the 48th verse of the Tao Te Ching. Um, I think I will read. I'll read two. I'll read Stephen Mitchell and John McDonald. Or J.H. McDonald. In pursuit of knowledge, every day something's added. In the practice of the Tao, every day something is dropped. Less and less do you need to force things until finally you arrive at non-action. When nothing is done, nothing is left undone. True mastery can be gained by letting things go their own way. It can't be gained by interfering. One who seeks knowledge learns something new every day. One who seeks the Tao unlearns something new every day. Less and less remains until you arrive at non-action. When you arrive at non-action, Nothing will be left undone. Mastery of the world is achieved by letting things take their natural course. You cannot master the world by changing the natural way. Comments? Well, that part is Derek. That part um, about someone learns something every day, but someone doing the Tao unlearns something every day. That threw me off um, because. At first, I'm like thinking unlearning is a bad thing, right? But I obviously, you know, if you are unlearning bad habits or negative reactions you have to things or carrying around perceptions, 
you don't need to be carrying around, maybe that's a really, really good thing, you know? But yeah, that, that, that part of the verse was interesting. For me, Derek, what, what I see in that is that that idea that we have to figure everything out, that if the one seeking knowledge tries to figure something new out every day, the one who seeks the Tao is learning how to let things go, <laughs> that they don't have to figure things out today. That whole idea that just to just to let go and let God, that whole idea of us not having to intellectually understand it all, I think that's what that, for me, that's what I think that's moved, that's talking about. Craig? That's been incredibly valuable for myself recently, just realizing I don't have to understand everything, realizing that I just, I just take things as they are and just have to... Uh, it's not a case of, you know, that's your lot. Just deal with it. It's a case of, you know, this is this is how things are and I can't do it. Um, I've got COVID again for the second time. And I'm, please don't don't feel too sorry for me. Just uh, it was actually my wife that gave me it this time. Um, and we've actually been dealing with quite a few things lately. And I was talking to the buddy about quite a bit of stuff as well. And this surrendering to things that just are has come up a lot of times. Um, my wife's had a couple of health issues that we've been dealing with, and a lot of the times that we've been talking about things, but he's like, no, you know, what can we actually do about it? What can we change about it? You know, all we can do is really accept things for how they are um, and not try to understand them. It's a, I think it's the same with myself in terms of recovery. When we come in, a lot of us are, a lot of us are going on about all this quitlet, all these all these books that we want to sit and read, and all this knowledge that we want to gain, and then we think to ourselves, right, I've got all this knowledge. What am I going to do with it now? You know, we're we're forgetting that we have to experience these 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 things, these situations that we're in. Um, and a lot of the time, it's, it's it's not about how much knowledge we have, but I think for myself, it's it's how. Is how can I apply the knowledge to what I have? And you know, is, is the knowledge is is the knowledge true, or is that just from somebody else's perceptions? Are we becoming jaded because of somebody else's perceptions of possibly a thing like a twelve step program or different ways of doing things? And that um, so I think letting go and accepting things for how they are has been a massive, massive thing for myself lately. Um, and anybody that's tried, please don't try and sponsor your wife through issues because it doesn't go quite well and that's that that's that's something else that I spoke to Buddy about is the fact that it's very good for us to sit down and talk things through and say look this is how things are we have to accept it it's difficult it's difficult trying to relay that onto somebody that's incredibly close to you so if, if anybody's any suggestions as to how you know we, we can help other people let go you know then I'm all ears just love them, Craig. That's all you can do. Just love them. You can't fix them. Can't it's that simple. Them. Just love them. Lou's going to have something on this for sure. Lou. Yeah, I remember um, with my first wife, I learned out, um, started learning about being a child of an alcoholic. So in my profession and my, you know, the thing is to do is you research it. You look at the journal articles, you read all the books about it. You try to get an understanding of it. You look at the theories and then you know what to do. 
Um, and that didn't work. <laughs> and it wasn't until I got into Al-Anon years and years later with, with a different wife um, and different circumstances that I got to the point where it's the, you know, except like, like Craig was saying, you accept what it is. You can't change it. Didn't cause it. Um, can't cure it. And so there's some, some unlearning to do there. Unlearning that I have the answers, that the answers are in the book someplace, that there's a logical answer to this, that you can out-logic the problem, whatever it is, or, or bring all those kinds of tools to it. And you can learn as much as you want to, but it doesn't change the circumstances. And, it, you know, study poverty until you're blue in the face. It doesn't mean there won't be any poverty anymore and it applies to everything. So that's immediately came to, me, to mind for me um, in the terms of uh, learning something new. And for me, I've been working on losing, <laughs> losing things like worry and um, anxiety and um, trying to be the savior of the world and all those kinds of things um, with the Tao. Thank you, Lou. Another way, Derek, I think you could look at that uh, could be the person seeking knowledge learns something new every day. The one seeking the Tao trusts. Uh, experience more every day. You move from knowledge to experience. I think for me, that's a huge shift too. I don't want to hear how to do it. I I don't want to hear book knowledge about something or advice. I want to know how you did it. How did you take care? You see, that's the difference. And that's shifting from the, the point of knowledge to the point of experience. And for me, I think that would apply too. Yeah, that makes sense. There was a, I went to this teaching conference recently, and one of the sessions I attended was all about um, not teaching, you know, which was, you know, not what the name of the conference was, right? But it was about letting students make mistakes. And um, it was so like counterintuitive, you know, I think people are just kind of blown away with it, but that is how it works, right? And I, it doesn't surprise me that you have difficulty with this because you're you're in the educational field. As yeah, a director, yeah. So everything so that, is knowledge, you know. Right. But it's like you know, it's without that, it's refer to the textbook, you know. Kind of like what Lou was saying. It's like interesting, yeah. When it first the the verse when it started out that first paragraph, um, when I first read it, and then when you read it and Amy read it again, I. Thought about homeless people for some reason, you know, not having somewhere to sleep and, um, or having, you know, but then you know, what threw me off with it is like the no worries part. It's like you don't see, they don't seem too happy though, but the sky is their canopy. Nothing is covered. I don't know. I, for some reason, I was thinking about homeless people. I think this too is talking about losing our perception, Derek, or changing our perception of things. Uh, and it's about a different kind of travel as well. Look, that last sentence in the first paragraph, they travel where there is no road. They roam where there is no weariness and they depart through no gate. So in other words, it's an inside job. There's something going on rather than it being a physical thing. There's something spiritual happening here is the way I see that. And then it, then in the next paragraph, 
anyone has anything, just raise your hand or interrupt me. Um, it says that nothing is not covered. Uh, nothing is not born. I think that means nothing is not carried uh, because it's talking about uh, the earth is their car is how he, uh, and he translated this in 91. So he used some modern vernacular with it. Uh, they didn't have cars at the time that this was written. No, but uh, he used some modern vernacular. Uh, Craig. I was just checking the 73rd verse. Um, just with what Derek was saying about the, the, the heaven being the, the, the heaven being the cover. Um, it reminded me that this is how the Tao works. It doesn't push itself and it always succeeds. It acts silently and it always reacts. It can't be summoned. It comes whenever it's ready. It can't be rushed. It's always on time. Heaven casts a wide net with big holes, like Sue used to say, but nothing ever gets by it. Yeah. The net has big holes in it, but nothing slips through, right? <laughs> yeah, because nothing's too nothing's too big that the dough's gonna the dough's not gonna right. match. It might appear it would, but it doesn't. Uh, nothing is not employed. Nothing is not included. Back to that par- second paragraph in the second verse of Wentz. They're swift without wavering. Travel far without tiring. I think that has a lot to do with what we think of as effortless effort. Uh, you know, in that. Uh, 48th verse where it said, I want to read it exactly. When nothing is done, nothing is left undone. That's in, uh, or when you arrive at non-action, nothing will be left undone. Doesn't mean that you don't do anything. I think what it's talking about is you don't do anything with any contrived, anything with a selfish agenda. Think about the difference in the energy I know from my experience, when I'm trying to manipulate and control a situation, it is so tiring. I mean, I just get, I mean, it, it, it takes so much to do that. When if I, if I let that go and I've changed my motivation and now uh, it's how I can help you rather than how you can help me, I can find a place of ease many times that I can go through my day and the day not be tiring uh, in an unnatural way. I think that's more of what this is talking about. Teaching us really how to live, you know. When their bodies, with their bodies unperturbed, their intellects are undiminished and they see the world, the whole world clearly. That makes sense, you know. How much clearer we see things when we stop trying to manipulate and control. This is holding to the essence of the way. And observing the boundless earth. You know, he uses the way to mean the Tao here all the time. Notice ways capitalized. Observing the boundless earth. Therefore, the affairs of the world are not contrived, but promoted according to their own nature. Nothing can be done to help the changes of myriad beings, but to grasp the essential and return to it. In other words, it looks like we were talking about at first that There's so much that we have to accept in life that we used to try to change and fix and manage. We have to let things take their course. Yeah, the biggest problems are never ignored by the Tao. That's good, Craig. Yeah, sorry, sorry. I I read that last part slightly different. 
um, where it says, therefore, the, the affairs of the world are not to be contrived, but promoted according to their own nature. So the world's going to do what it's going to do. Nature's going to do what it's going to do. Um, nothing can be done to help the changes of myriad beings, but to grasp the essential and return to it. So I, I thought of nothing can change the progress of man. Nothing can change the progress that the, the um, potentially our um, what am I trying to say? I'm trying to say this nicely. We can't we can't change our imminent extinction from man. Nothing nothing that the, the Tao won't do anything to do with that. It's just one of these things that evolution's gonna come and it's gonna keep coming and keep coming. And I don't think it matters what we try to do. There's not much that we can do to to stop it. Here's J.H. MacDonald, the eighty first verse, the last half of the third stanza. The master desires no possession since the things she does are for the people. She has more than she needs. The more she gives to others, the more she has for herself. See, that is doing what this is talking about in the second verse. She has more than she needs. The more she gives to others, the more she has for herself. That's what the second verse is pointing us toward. You know, if we're... And this says all we can do, uh, we can't change, uh, help the changes of the myriad beings, but to grasp the essential and return to it. That's having that attitude that's described in the 81st verse. That attitude of love, that attitude of giving. That's the essential and returning to the essential. Keep returning over and over. Therefore, Sages cultivate the basis within and do not adorn themselves outwardly with superficialities. If they're cultivating their basis within, that's the only way they can travel where there is no road and roam where there is no weariness and depart through no gate. That's the only way they can do that is cultivate what's within. They activate their vital spirit and lay to rest their learned opinions. <laughs> I'm reading Let Sermon. I'm, rest. Do I, Craig? I'm reading Sermon on the Mount. I've had it in my I've had it in my queue for reading for ages, and I'm actually finally listening to it. And he says, "What do you think Jesus would do if he came back?" He said, "You see all these guys dressing up in all these fantastic robes, the kid rest part, and this, that, and the other, and this, they're decking themselves out with all this gold and jewelry and tiles, and you know, there's Jesus cutting about in a a white a white overall and you know half a sandal." He's carrying his own cross, and you got all these people doing all the others. I thought that was that, that was just absolutely spot on. I think it was, I think it might have been Derek last week, um, who mentioned the fact that um, the the gist I got of last week's reading when I first heard it was Genesis. And I think Sarah might have mentioned it as well. We were talking about just everything starts from something, and I'm sure Derek mentioned the fact that it sounds very much like the Bible, the start of the Bible. Um, we've discussed a few times as well that, you know, maybe the Tao is like the, the Taoist's Bible and, you know, the, the, the Quran is the other, the other person's Bible. You know, I think maybe it's just all written by the same and just interpreted different. It came, came before the Bible, right? Or no? I mean, quite a bit before, right? Well, they were all written at, uh, you know, pre. I'm sure this is about 2,500 years yeah, yeah. But I know, yeah. When I was in community college, I took this world religion class. And 
it was really probably one of my favorite classes in college, not even close to what I ended up majoring in. Go figure. <laughs> um, but yeah, they talked about all the different religions. I remember and it was kind of fascinating how one was influencing another. Like through time, I, I'm not an expert in this, but there was like something called Zoroastrianism, I remember. And that like was before Christianity. But then a lot of the ideas of it, like the monotheism, sorry, I'm getting off on a real tangent here, but I, Craig made me think of that. <laughs> kind of interesting. Um, I said something earlier about, that somebody said something about their life or something. I don't know, it made me think about something like, um, to react to my wife, like making a comment about me leaving the stove dirty is what I've learned that I have to do to defend myself. To not react is what I'm trying to unlearn. Or to, that's really what I'm trying to learn, I guess I should say. And, but it's not my go-to reaction. But it seems to work out a lot better to not react right away. I'll just throw that out there. You know, that's some of those. What are some learned opinions that it would be good for us to lay to rest? You know, this says that uh, the sage activates their vital spirit and they lay to rest their learned opinions. Anyone have anything? Um, hey, learned opinions that need to be laid to rest, that my title, my salary, my house, my car, you know, what my kids are doing or not doing, every single thing that you know, that I thought would make me somebody, you know, everybody else's determination of success, right. That I brought with me into adulthood. And I've realized, you know, I think it's interesting that Derek was just talking about learning a new behavior, but his default is what he has to unlearn. So this whole thing is just one big freaking paradox for me. Um, I don't know if y'all read the four agreements followed by the fifth agreement, <laughs> um, but I'm reading this with the sponsee now. And man, we literally just were talking last night reading in here about um, the only chance you have to unlearn the lies in your knowledge is by use of the attention. Literally, we were just reading this last night. The four agreements are the tools for using your attention a second time to create your personal heaven. And the fifth agreement is the tool to win the war against the tyranny of the symbols. It's all about unlearning. It's all about deprogramming. It's all about getting rid of everybody else's concepts that that were drilled into me that tried to, well, that did make me who I was. You know, and now this um, uncovering, discovering, and discarding is is me getting down to my true, authentic self. And um, I like, uh, buddy, I think it was, let me see, the 48th first, I think. No, that's the one you were talking about. Um, well, yeah, 48 first, but of course, I'm going to go to Ron Hogan's translation. Usually, we try to learn something new every day. But if we want to get right with Tao, we have to let go of something every day. We do less and less until we end up doing nothing. And it's when we do nothing that we get the job done. Let events take their course and everything will turn out in your favor. 
if you act on your ambitions, they will never pan out. I'm going to tell you right now, and this is real life. Um, I, and I'm going to have to be real careful with my words. I wanted to act on my ambitions, <laughs> my needs, my wants, right? With my job. And, and I have under my breath and to other people around me. Um, I voiced my opinions <laughs> and my feelings and my frustrations. And um, because of the spiritual work that I do, try to do every day, um, it just hasn't felt like the right time to make a big move. And so I have not acted on my ambitions because what I want is, don't you know who I am? I need a big fat raise, a big fat job. There it is. The money, the title, the prestige, the blah, 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 blah. So I've let it go. I've let it go. And then I'll get all spun up in my head. Oh, my God. I think I can do it. You know, all the dumb shit that I do as a freaking selfish, egotistical alcoholic. Y'all, um, it's happening. It's happening. <laughs> Just got a phone call, you know, um, again, I have to be real careful with my words, but what let events take their course and everything will turn out in your favor. Like from the little bit that I understand what's about to happen in my career is so beyond what I was going to go out there to seek. So, boom, because I chose to to listen to the Tao. I chose to listen to the universe going, yeah, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. And I'm like, um, but now, right? Like, I want instant gratification. Don't you know? I've been waiting and seeking and waiting and seeking and waiting and seeking. Just a little bit longer. Just a little bit more. Just hold out a little bit longer. I'm so glad I did. I'm so glad I did. Because as I said, it's indescribable what's about to happen in my professional life. So, wow. So, yeah, unlearn. Don't take contrary action to the way I feel, which means don't act like a dick. <laughs> Craig's got his hand up. Yay. <laughs> Lou's unmuted, though. Lou, you have something, sir? Well, it's just, it's, it's funny that you mentioned that, Amy, because when I retired about a year ago, I thought to myself, I never have to interview for a job again. I don't have to go through any of that kind of stuff. And I said to myself, you know, if put, if somebody wants to call me up and say, Lou, what would you do in that circumstance or whatever? I would be happy to do that, but no more PowerPoint presentations, no more output, input, language, just, um, you know, if somebody wanted to touch, you know, touch me on some experience I've had, fine. Um, but I, I'm done working. Well, this this week I started a part-time job, <laughs> and all I have to do is uh, be a mentor, uh, kind of like being a sponsor to some professionals that are in my line of work that are moving into leadership. And um, that was Tuesday. That was Tuesday, and today an old friend of mine called and said, hey, would you like to do some contract work for us? All you have to do is talk to some people. You don't have to do any PowerPoint presentations or anything. And for my whole life, it was always, what's the next 
thing I can do? What's, you know, the old Protestant work ethic. And my dad always had two jobs. His siblings always had two or three jobs. What do I need to do to advance? And now that I've given all that up and I don't even care one way or another, it's like they just, these things come up that are fun and sound like a cool thing to do. I, I pushed that so hard for years and years. And once I gave it up and I could care less if both of these go away tomorrow, it doesn't really matter, but uh, they're fu- fun and neat things with fun people. So, okay, I'll do it. Lou, that's so hard to learn. I'm still, I'm still working on that too. But, uh, yeah, that's good. Thank you guys. Craig. Wouldn't it be ironic if Lou's new job was to teach people PowerPoint? <laughs> <laughs> I took a quote away from last week's um, meeting and it was Buddy saying, I've never regretted doing the right thing. And that has stuck with me all week. And this week's quote has to be, never be a dick. Um, yeah. I saw something the other day and it was on, it was on a Masonic website of all places. And it says, don't look at me like that. You know, I'm connected. The great defect of some of the masters is they never recall that they were once apprentices. And I thought to myself, you know what, that just so relates to recovery. That so relates to being a sponsor as well. You you never get so far into it that you become detached from where you once started and on this journey. Thank you, sir. There is a quote that we didn't talk about last week in the first verse that I want to mention. And I can't believe we didn't talk about this, but it says that talking about the Tao, it absorbs the negative and emits the positive, thus displaying the lights, the sun, the moon, the stars. That's in the third little paragraph in the first verse. It is restrained, but can expand. It is dark, but can illumine. It is flexible, but can be firm. It absorbs the negative and emits the positive. If that's not love, I don't know what is love. That, that's given us a characteristic of the Tao. So it's not just balance like we hear, you know, said a lot of times. No. It absorbs the negative and emits the positive. Amy. I was trying to unmute you. <laughs> um Yes. Oh my gosh. You just said love back to the fifth. I know we're talking about Dow and Winston and all that, but I'm going to tell you right now, this is what it says on page 153 of the fifth agreement. You don't need to compete with anybody. You don't need to compare yourself with anybody. You just need to be what you are to be love, but real love, not the kind of love that possesses you and makes you believe in love, not the love that makes you become jealous and possessive of others and puts you directly in hell with all the tortures and punishments of hell. Not the love that makes you sacrifice in the name of love, or makes you hurt yourself and hurt others in the name of love. The symbol of love has become so distorted. Real love is what you were born with. Real love is what you are. You are born with everything you need to make it. Thank you, Amy. I just looked up the definition of contrived. Deliberately created rather than arising naturally or spontaneously. That's a that's a definition of contrived. Created or arranged in a way that seems artificial and unrealistic. Is that is that Derek? Is that not what we talked about at first about learning versus unlearning? 
you deliberately create rather yeah. than arising naturally and spontaneously. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And then that was making me think of, I had to look it up, page 60 in the big book. All I can remember is self-propulsion, right? I Googled that. I can't believe you got the big book quote before I knew today. Oh, my bad. Am I out of line? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. She's a wonder. <laughs> but she's got the five agreements today. <laughs> Anyways, it says most people try to live by self-propulsion. Each person is like an actor who wants to run that whole show. It's forever trying to arrange the lights, the ballet, the scenery, and the rest of the players in his own way. If his arrangement would only stay put, if only people would do as he wished, the show would be great. And he wouldn't have to be a dick. <laughs> but I'm thinking, you know. <laughs> <laughs> That's good there. Comment? You got comment with that? Oh, no. Just that I wasn't sure if I was going to say anything about it. And what you said made me think, yeah, it is relevant. Definitely is. That's, uh, I was thinking about laying to rest my learned opinions. You know, it says here that the sage has to do that, too. So the sage isn't perfect. The sage is just learning how to live this life. I learned opinions that were the most harmful to me was that it was always up to me that the weight of the world was on my shoulders to make things happen. And I found out I was always in my way. And I had to start stepping out of the way and learn how to let things come and, and go instead of push and pull. Go where I'm being pushed. My sponsor and I were talking about this yesterday. He doesn't study the Tao, but he said, you know, everything in life, I just wait until I'm pushed to do something and then I do it. And that is how he actually lives with everything. And until he's pushed, he does nothing. And it works for him. And it's very much akin to what we're talking about here. I don't know to the extreme that he does it, but it, it's a lot to do with, with what we're talking about here. Therefore, he's talking about the sage, that they're learning to lay, it, uh, lay to rest their learned opinions. They're open and uncontrived. They let things happen spontaneously and naturally. Yet there's nothing they do not do. It's not like they don't get things done that they need to do. They have no rule, yet there is no unruliness. In other words, they don't need rules to do the right thing. Sarah? Hi. Um, wow. I just love this reading. Um, the first thing I, I'm just sitting here thinking about how much I want to be one of the great people. <laughs> that word just comes to me. The first word, great people, someone who's above the average. Average people are always trying to be in control. Um, me, I drank. I, you know, I just, I, I try to control everything, but great people are peaceful and have no longings um, with their bodies unperturbed, <laughs> their intellects are undiminished, and they see the whole world clearly. And what they see is exactly, they see the sky is their canopy. They see that, I mean, everything we're given the earth is the car. It moves it. We don't have to move it. We don't have to control it. Everything has a pattern, a natural cycle with the four seasons. We don't have to control the seasons. It just happens. And with darkness and light as their drivers, 
we can't have darkness without light. We can't, I mean, we, we can't have good without evil. I want to be right there in the middle. I want to be good. Um, I listen to this guru called Sad Guru. I listen to him every day. He's one of my my inspirations. And he was talking today about how we can manifest anything we want. We just have to be peaceful, put it out to the universe, and the universe is going to bring it back. I think uh, someone, I think it was Lou, was talking about just, you know, being and getting a job. I remember I was a truck driver and I thought, I want to come back home. I want to get a job you know, back in what I was doing, uh, working from home. But I said, I'm not going to go out and look for that job. If the universe wants me to have it, it will bring it to me. And somehow an old coworker offered me a position and I got the job that fast. Um, I just let the universe take it over. And with that, I find the proof that, that I can just hand it over. I'm not good at it. <laughs> but practice. And I'm getting a lot of practice in the past couple months with home and job and just a lot, a lot of things. I'm getting a lot of practice with tolerance and patience. Anyway, thank you. Thank you, Sarah. Good comments. We thank you. Uh, Craig. Sarah, wasn't Sadhguru? He's, he's the Indian spiritual leader. Is that right? Yes. Hey, Craig, go tell Callum to get off the internet. He's not giving you enough. I, I kid you not. I kid you not. He's just back from the school residential. Okay, so he's, he's been away for four days. And the internet has been so stable. The house has been nice and quiet. He came home today, which is Thursday. And we were asking him how his day was. And have you got all your washing in your, in your suitcase and that? He says, yeah. On Tuesday, we jumped into a lake. So I had all the clothes on in this sat and I just put everything into a bag that's in my suitcase. I was not prepared for opening that suitcase. The stink was unbelievable. And now he's back and we can't get a stable internet connection. What I was saying was, Sarah, I've heard of Sajiguru. I think it was through Rich Roll or Tommy Rosen. I can't, I can't remember which, but I know he comes on one of the one of the um, one of the podcasts quite frequently. He has a lot of podcasts. Thank you, guys. I want to read this last little paragraph. Make sure and get that in before we close. To be uncontrived means not acting before others, just like we've been talking about. To have no rule means not to change nature. That there is no unruliness means that they go by the mutual affirmation of beings. In other words, they just go by what's natural. Any other comments, guys? We've had a good conversation today. I think we've had, I think we're getting a lot out of this. This is a great book. Well, guys, if there's nothing else, have a great week. And next week, we'll talk about the third verse of the Wensa and whatever corresponding Tao Te Ching verses that we like. Y'all like that? I think that works really well together. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah, we'll continue doing that. We will see you guys next week. Bye. Hello, this is Buddy C. I wanted to make you aware of several recovery-related resources that I've posted in the episode description. These resources include a list of recovery podcasts, a free sober meditation app, daily recovery email, shared Google recovery calendars. Hope you put some of these resources to use and have a great week. 
Thank you for listening to the Tao of Our Understanding Recovery Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your friends in recovery.